So hello and welcome back to my next episode, Dating Tips for Single Women. I'm your host, Anche Boyd, founder of findtheoneelite.com. And today I have a very special guest here with me today, Dr. Leslie Beth. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And I know I must be expressing at least most of your listeners who are widows. It's so important that they get heard and addressed and, and remembered. Yes. Oh, it's so sweet. And we're, I'm so excited to really dive into this today that, you know, like widows don't have that much support, you know, when they look for yes. love again and what to pay attention to because of it course. is a really different ballgame. So yes, it is. So dear listeners, let me tell you a little bit about this wonderful, special lady. So Dr. Leslie Beth Wish, ED, is an award-winning, nationally recognized author and licensed clinical psychotherapist. She's specializing in helping you get smart, brave, and intuitive in your love life and work. She's seasoned and lovely guest for radio, television, and podcasts just like mine. So she offers tested, trusted, and doable tips. She's also the author of Smart Relationships, which is based on five years of research with thousands of couples. I mean, you've, there's so much you have done here. You know, you, you served for many years as the clinical director of the Nationally Respected Institute of Family Relations. You're the National Association of Social Workers has placed you on the list. I, w I almost said their wish list, right? Of the top 50 who have contributed to the profession. So, so much more to say about you. And I leave it up to you. So I warmly welcome you to the show, Dr. Leslie Beth Wish. Thank you very much. And just a, a, a rave hello to everyone who's listening. Because widows, you know, a lot of the books about widowhood are by widows. And that's very important to hear personal stories. I love having them in, in the world out there. Because, you know, when you're widowed and you read something like that, you want to hear someone else's story. You want to be able to say, I'm not alone. Yeah. Boy, this sounds really, you know, like my life story. I don't feel like I've gone crazy or I'm having problems. And just as a disclaimer to all your listeners, I want to add, I am not widowed. I have never been widowed. Probably will be. The chances are that husbands and male partners die first. But the reason I got interested in this topic is that I know widowhood from a different angle. When my mother died in her 40s, my father was seriously dating someone else within two months. And he married her uh, a year and a month after my mother's death. And my brother and I thought that she was the wicked witch of the West. What happens often with remarriage when there are children involved is that my father's wife's children became more important than my brother and I. So we became tossed aside. Well, she died, and then my father remarried again. He was married to the next woman a little bit longer. She was someone who would smile at you, but stab you in the back. And then that marriage lasted a little bit longer, and she died. And then my father married again. And finally, at the age of almost 96, he died, and his widow um, lived a few years after him. So my brother and I went through widowhood from the standpoint of being 
we weren't children, but we were, you know, um, in our teens. What it's like to see the family go through that and to know that suddenly your family, the participants in your family, the players on the stage are different and that they don't want you. You know, there's a whole new life here, whole new romance. So I saw what happened and, and how my father, who was pursued by so many widowed women, what it must have been like for them to feel, why didn't he choose me? So that got me very interested in widowhood and, of course, women in general and the relationships. And so that's why I do research. I don't give cutesy answers. I don't give answers from just my own experiences or the work I've done with my thousands and thousands and thousands of clients. I want for my own ethical values to make sure that any advice I give is trusted and tested. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. I really love that. And so, so tell us a little bit more what the uh, distinctions are right like from you know what's the difference to date as a widow versus when you date because that's what i see one of the full passes that you know people are just like oh you just gotta release you just gotta move on right but it's actually like no 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 no, no. like you right totally different so tell us like the the differences that we can also for those of you who are friends to widows too who are listening right now not just the widows who are listening but also you know like if you, if you know widow, like how to relate and support her better in dating. So what are the major distinctions that so many people are simply not aware of? I am so glad that you mentioned, what about if you know a widow? Well, could, let's look at it from both sides. It's not a very good idea to say to a widow, get on with your life. You don't know really what your widowed friend is dealing with because no matter how close you are to someone, there's something that you hold back that's private. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't have all the information. Mm -hmm. And your version of what that person should do to move on with their life may not be good for the person. Mm -hmm. So be very careful. The better approach is, how can I be a good friend to you? Mm -hmm. Let me know. And I want you to know, you can call me at two in the morning, three in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, whatever. I want to be as good a friend to you as you need. You tell me, but I want you to know that I'm offering my friendship 24-7. And that is the best gift and the best way you can serve someone as, as a, a love angel to them and help them through whatever they're going through. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. So now let's talk about what it might be like for some widows. First of all, and most important, your situation is unique. Yes, there are things that are shared in common with lots of widows, but the details are unique to you. And it's those details that make such a difference in what your experience is versus someone else. And don't compare yourself to other widows. Learn from them. Use their experience experiences something as a jumping point to think about but don't go comparing yourself you know if if Susan is dating already don't think that you have to start dating and be careful about judging Susan because you don't know all the details of what she's gone through just like you would not want someone to judge you mm -hmm. so those are somewhat like your foundation let's start with that does that sound good yeah that sounds so good and, and I love that, right? Because as well-meaning friends, we just want to give advice right away and, and just be like, oh, just 
get on with your life. I went, get yes. went on with my life when I broke up with Johnny or whatever. Right. You understand the difference between death and a breakup. Because, you know, one thing that I see, and I want to hear your opinion on that is, you know, when you break up with somebody, you know, there's a reason for that. Things went wrong. They were like not aligned, right? You're not meant to be together, right? But when you lose somebody, this could have been potentially be your soulmate. So there's nothing to like just simply let go and release. And it's, it's like that simple. And it was meant to be, right? Because it, it was meant to be. So can you speak a little bit to that piece? Yes, definitely. Well, let's start some more with those basic issues. No one knows what you and your partner went through. Maybe you didn't lose your soulmate. And maybe you've never told anyone that. So now you have something that's private. You don't know whether you should keep it private. Should it stay hidden? You know, I really think it's important to keep the following concepts in mind. You do not owe every person in your life your life story. You don't owe them that. If you want to keep things private, that's fine. There is a, a, a thought out there that, you know, every secret you keep is poison. But that's not true. You have control over what you want people to know about you. And you don't owe anyone anything about your life. You choose what you want them to know. So what if this person who has now died was not the love of your life and everyone thought he or she was just wonderful? You know, what do you do? Do you say you didn't really know Charlie? Or do you say thank you very much? I say, say thank you very much. Because once you put that balloon out there of you didn't really know what Charlie was like, you can't take it back. But you can always choose to disclose later if you trust the person and trust that they have your interest at heart and not theirs. Because too often the advice giver is healing his or her own problem. It's so true, right? And the other piece I also see with that is, you know, not only are we projecting this out, but also with widows, what I see with women who start dating again, who are widowed, even men too. My husband works with men, right? Yes. Is there is this guilt, this, this like, how can I, and it's been years. It's not like been three months, you know, like, and so there's this guilt of, you know, how can I, how can I start dating somebody again? They feel like I'm cheating on my late husband, right? So what do you tell those women? Well, I start with the first question for all the widows who I've worked with and who were in my study. Mm -hmm. What is bothering you the most? Mm -hmm. Because not all widows feel guilty. Not all widows feel like sex with someone else, you know? Really, should I do that? You know, what is your issue? What's bugging you? What is your best guess as to what's, you know, making you so unhappy or confused? So start with that first, because once again, as I said at the very beginning of our conversation, everyone's situation is unique. So what is your best guess? Oftentimes, we're pretty smart as to what our best guess is as to what's wrong. And here are some of the more common scenarios. If I don't mention something that your listeners and viewers have in their own life. I, I apologize. I can't think of every scenario, but these are the ones that were the most common. The okay. first one is, 
and this is not in any particular order, um, should I fall in love again? Do I have to look for love? No, it's not a law. You know, you don't have to. This is not some um, sci-fi movie that's about, you know, dystopic, you know, lives and things and, and a new planet where everybody has to be matched up again. No, it's your life. You pick. Do you want love? My recommendation is never volunteer to close a door in your life. You don't have to have a partner to be happy but if you are absolutely closing the door on that closing your heart and saying to yourself i'm done with love that's it you might want to re-examine that and that leads into the next issue now i work with props so i'm going to hold a prop up what if your previous marriage or relationship where you lost someone was a lemon what if it wasn't such a great relationship and it's been one of those t t secrets that you haven't told anyone? Well, the first issue is, do you tell that to someone? And once again, that's going to be trial and error. But the second issue is, when you feel that your relationship and the one you lost, that there is a sense of loss, but also a sense of relief because you got rid of a lemon, that creates another problem. How do you then decide what to do about finding love? How do you know how to date, what you need, who you are? You know, what if you choose, oops, another one, you know? So that gets to be a big problem. The other side of that is, what if your partner was, I'm going to hold up another prop, the love of your life? Is there anyone else out there? My thought is, in this whole wide world, there's only one person good for you? That Does that make any sense? That doesn't make any sense and that you were lucky enough to find the one person in the whole universe. So there are lots of loves of your life. And don't forget, perhaps when you met this person who is now not in your life anymore, maybe you are a different person. Maybe your needs have changed. Maybe your wisdom about yourself has changed changed. So I always recommend don't volunteer to close the door. Keep your mind and your heart open and don't fall for scripts. You don't have to have a partner in your life to be happy, but it is more healthy to take the mindset of I'm open to life and any opportunities. Mm, I love that. I love, thank you for that distinction because I never thought about that, that yeah, you have a different approach when you when you had a husband a late husband who was a lemon and then you know there's like the shame around because you can't really you know you're supposed you know when somebody died it's supposed to be an angel right so now how can you say anything right. bad about this person right you're supposed to be right. like oh he was so sacred right. so holy and he was an angel and right so i think that's such a good like point to address that you know in a way like you know, it's almost like you, you start lying, right? Because you, you have to sort of, sort of like, you know, society, religion, right? Like, you yeah. know, custom expects you to lie and just be like, he was holy. And, you know, so many people say, oh, he's in grape. How can you say that? You know, you need to right. person and to be like, okay, what's, what's the difference? Now, now tell us more about, you know, if it was the love of your life, Again, like, how do you not get this feeling of, you know, I'm cheating on him? Like, what, what if you have this, like, eternal loyalty and you got married when you were 20 or, you know, just really right. been 
your whole life the same person? Yes. Well, that's that good question. That's those are good good questions because that's when you need to ask yourself again, what is getting in the way of my happiness? Do I need to change things such as my beliefs? For example, does your religion teach you that it's one person and that's it? How much do you want to believe that? How much do you need to believe that? Do you believe that you were um, solely, this is the only person in your life who you ever had sex with? Is that okay for you, that there will not be any more sex? Is that a relief? Is that a frustration? Is that a challenge? You know, there aren't rules. There's no, there's no book out there that says, this is what you have to do. And that's why, once again, giving advice is, you know, be careful, because the advice you're giving might be more about you. So there is no rule book, okay, with all these rules you got to follow. But that's when you have to do your widowed homework and ask yourself, what's bothering me the most, what's getting in the way of my moving on in a way that makes me happy. Maybe it's traveling. Maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's moving. Maybe it's moving away from your kids or to your kids or, or whatever, or, or starting a business or just relaxing in your home and doing things with your friends. There's so many ways to be happy. You know, life is really short. But it can also feel very long when you're unhappy. Mm-hmm. Very long. So throw out that rule book, but know what your internal rules are. Do you feel like you're cheating on your partner if you start dating? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that way? Did, did your partner say to you, there better not be another one after me? Or jokingly say, oh, you're just going to get married again, and then you won't appreciate me, and that creates guilt. So I recommend that before your spouse or partner is ill, have that talk. Seriously, have that talk. What happens, honey? You know, if I should die before we have many more years together, I want you to know, I want you to what? Go on with your life, be happy. Um, What? You know, what have you talked about? Because you need that permission from your partner. It's very important. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. That's so much that, of course, nobody, nobody talks about, right? And, and I think the other piece also is, you know, how, so let's say you start dating as a widow, right? You start dating somebody, you know, how do you communicate with, what if your anniversary is coming up and you're, yes. you know, like historically been grieving, right? Or what if the birthday of your late husband is coming yes. up? And, so how do you like prepare for that? And then also when you start dating, you know, what's, what's your advice of, of communication? Because, you know, you don't want to put like, obviously, you know, that the other partner feels bad, right? But like, how can you make him part of the game? But he also doesn't feel like I will never be, you know, I will never be her late husband. I will never be her first love. So like to also continue empower him. Yes. That he feels good enough that he's now part of the equation now that's a lot of questions i'm going to take them a little bit one at a time okay, okay first so of one, all first one was the anniversary and the birth yes yes okay it's very likely that the anniversary will have mixed feelings you might feel um very sad you might feel the depths of of your pain again it will depend a lot on a combination of what your relationship was like 
your own um, personality style and coping style. You know, there's no rule that you have to, you know, go into a deep hole and feel horrible the whole day. I have widows who went out and recreated their favorite date or made their favorite meal and, and felt closer to their partner. Yes, there was weeping and sadness, but create your own rituals. The other thing to think about is with whom do you want to do this anniversary or birthday with? Your children, your best friends, your parents, your grandparents? Who? Your, who, who do you want there? Do you want to be alone? Some people feel better alone because they feel less alone by having their grief not be able to be fully expressed. There's no rule here. It's You have to kind of experiment you know this is new territory how do you know you know what one person does may not be what you do so maybe the first time you celebrate or honor the death or birthday with the family and you found out ooh, that felt awful I really felt crowded out I felt like I had to be sunny that I had to play down how any minute I felt like crying or throwing up in the sink you know because all those feelings can happen so you're have a sort of a trial and error period there and eventually you'll get it. Another big issue is let's say that you do start dating someone and they turn out to be maybe not the love of your life but someone really good for you. You know, someone that you are surprised you feel close to. Do you include that person? And I always recommend that you might have two ways or at least more than one way of honoring those rituals of birthdays and anniversary. Maybe you don't want to introduce that new person into that private family setting yet. And then maybe later, privately with you and your new partner, you can talk about things. You don't want to close the door on any new partner by saying, I can't talk to you about it because it's going to be part of your life. It's as they say, that elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. But again, it's trial and error, and I always like to err on the side of safety. You know, when when my father remarried after a very short time, people were appalled that while they were dating, he brought her to family events. They thought it was too soon. Mm -hmm. And my father being kind of emotionally tone deaf, he just needed someone in his life right away. So I recommend maybe holding back a little bit on being so quick to introduce a new person. You can always introduce them, but you can't unintroduce them. So I like to think of something that gives you more options. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then again, tell me, we talked a little bit about, you know, the, the limiting beliefs and like, why would you feel the skilled about, um, dating another man right and um you know and having him possibly sleep in the same bed and, you know or driving the same car i mean you know it's going to be might be yes. in the same house yes and so so what do you have any other recognition because i feel like really the women that i work with that are widows that is that is like a huge concern it's like you know we can't should i even live in the same house anymore or should i you know it's it's you know i almost feel like i need to paint the whole house and just like completely remove all of his energy. But then I feel right. 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 strengthens because it's the resistance to the grief. Right. So what's your, yeah. So what's your advice there? 
Well, there's lots of things that can be done, and you don't have to do all of them, but I'll put them out there for your listeners and viewers to think about. You might want to redo your bedroom, get a new bedroom set, or at least change the sheets, change the colors and the bedspread, do something different, you know, make it a different room, a new room, if you are really in the dating world. The other thing you can do is maybe you need to change things like um, not use his favorite or her favorite dish anymore. Maybe you need to do those, you know, your dishes and all those memories and those very personal items. Maybe you need to redo some of those things. But redoing the bedroom is very important if you're going to think that maybe down the road a piece there might be some sexual intimacy. That makes it easier. Mm -hmm. You also might not want to go to all of your favorite places with your partner. Now, obviously, if a place is your favorite restaurant anyway, but maybe you could sit at a different table, you know, maybe you could just make a little tiny change so that you're, you're not back in that past groove anymore. The goal is not to avoid the past, but also not to totally reproduce it. Other things you can do are talk to your children. You know, this is where things get really kind of sticky, you know. My brother and I were happy to have my father date again, but not do one of these to us and, and not uh, jump in so quickly. I mean, we were still going through the house when he had a steady girlfriend. You know, that was like, whoo, that was a little confusing. You know, like, hello, we were your family, aren't we? You know, so you want to sit down. And these are things that, honestly, I know it's hard to do, but they're better off done before a partner a spouse or a parent gets ill you know you say to your daughter or son you know your dad and I or your mom and I have talked about you know what will happen we don't want to go through what grandma and grandpa went through where they waited too long and they got so ill that they were a burden to the other siblings you know we're being proactive we've We've signed up for assisted living or we've gone through our wills already. And the other thing we want to talk about is dad and I or mom and I have talked about we want each of us to be happy. And that means moving on and dating or moving to a new city or whatever it is, fill in the blank. Let them know so they're not blindsided. That's often what happens. They're not prepared. And mourning and grief and those feelings for every family member is different. Everyone has a different function and, and emotional maturity and, and connection to each of the persons in the family. So everyone's reaction, you know, a lot of times siblings are split. You've seen this before on television. I'm thinking of Dateline or 48 Hours where the father is accused of murdering the mother and two of the siblings think father is innocent and two think he's guilty. Well, the same kind of you know division can happen regarding widowhood of their parent or best friend or partner. You know, what's going to happen? Explain what the rules are here, what you and dad and mom or whatever, whoever it is involved are talking about so that we can feel at least we've got some preparation for it. So that helps set the ground rules. And the other thing is what I started at the beginning of our conversation. Ask yourself, what gets in the way of my happiness? Because that is different for everyone. Is it my children? Is it my guilt? Is it my fear of sex? You know, just because you were married to someone for a long time and seemed happy, happy on the outside doesn't mean you had a great sex life. Maybe it wasn't so great. You know, I've had widows say to me, you know, 
the world has changed. When I got married, um, you know, I was a virgin or almost a virgin or um, only had one sexual experience before or all variations on that or my religious teaching or my parents taught me, you know, it's sacred and you do not have sex with anyone until you're married. I mean, there's all variations of that. So the thought of having sex again may not just stir up guilt, but it might stir up fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so many layers, you know, that I really see that um, how it's different for widows than what it is when, you know, if you just go after a breakup, right? Yeah. And so there's so yes. much, so much more to learn, Dr. Leslie Beth. And I feel like we're at the end of our time today. So gosh, if people oh. are like, I just really want to learn more <laughs> from this magnificent woman and her wisdom. You know, what's the best way? What do you have anything for them or a good way to connect with you? Yes, thank you. Please go to my website, lovevictory.com. And in a short while, I, at least I'm hoping it'll be short, my website's being revamped, so you know how, how long that takes sometimes. But I have developed with a colleague a program on trusting your love intuition. And there is a workshop for widows. So I strongly recommend, I would appreciate it, if your listeners and viewers would go to my website, lovevictory.com, and on the right-hand side, there's a place to sign up. You will get some gifts, and you will automatically put on the list to get free information, free workshop or a talk, anything that is associated with the workshops on trusting your love intuition, which will be the next program I'll be developing. Wow, awesome. What's well, so needed. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And lovevictory.com is your place to go if you're a widow and you're looking for more resources and, and a more encouraging way and supportive way to, to navigate through dating life after after death, not after divorce, but after death. It's, it's yes. completely different. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I, want your, and I want your listeners and viewers to know, if they want to ask me a question, there's a place to contact me on the website, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll try my best to answer what you ask me. Oh, great, which I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions coming your way. So thank you so much for being on the show. Again, my name is Antje Boyd founder of findoneelite.com and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you. Thank you All for right. having me. It was an honor.